Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. I think God cares how you feel about yourself. Mm. And I, I think God cares about how you present yourself. And I think it's important to Him that we are presenting ourselves in the best possible way mm. and that we like what we see when we look in the mirror. I mean, he created us and I think he wants us to like what he created. And now here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 42nd episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson, alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb. We're so pumped and so honored to have you today for today's episode with Kenny and Danny King. Kenny and Danny are twin brothers, and they're also cousins with Bjorn, my co-host. So we're keeping the family in this podcast. You guys are going to love this episode. But they started King Brothers Clothiers, which was founded in 2011, and it's based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. The King Brothers specialize in balancing timeless style with today's trends through suits, sport coats, jeans, and much more. You guys are going to hear more about that in the podcast, but some of their clients include some of the country's most prominent athletes, and their work has been featured on Fox, ABC, ESPN, NBC, CBS, and much more. Guys, these guys are the real deal. They're one of the best in the world at what they do and is a teaser of one of their clients. One of their clients is America's Tallest Man. I can't imagine tailoring a suit for the America's Tallest Man, but they're so good at what they do. Go check them out. Their website's in our show notes. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to stay here at the sweat room as well. Everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. You have a story. You matter. You bring something to the table each and every single day. And Kenny and Danny are two guys that you're going to absolutely want to learn from. They're incredible guys. And if you do not have pen and paper already out or your notes app on your phone, do it. These guys are going to spit some wisdom towards you guys today. So excited to have them on. And start off the sports and clothing series off with a bang. They're two incredible men. And before we dive in, make sure to check us out on social at Watermark Sports, on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's a little bit different. It's at Sweat Room Pod. And if you didn't take notes, that's all right. We have a blog as well. At watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. I highly recommend the notes, but if you really missed it, go check out our blog for more information on that. So without further ado, here is our episode with Kenny and Danny King. Well, today we want to welcome to the sweat room, Kenny and Danny King. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So Kenny and Danny are my first cousins on my mom's side. And Kenny and Danny, could you just share with our listeners a little bit of who you are and what you guys do? Sure. So uh, we're twin brothers, and we run a company called King Brothers Clothiers, which is custom clothing, suits, uh, sport coats, shirts, jeans. We're here in Minneapolis, um, so we're Vikings fans as opposed to, uh, to Bill's fans. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, school, right? So, uh, yeah, we, we run our company out of Minneapolis. We, uh, we love what we do. We've been in business um, for – we're in our 10th – or we're in our 11th year, actually. Mm, good uh, for so, you. Uh, yeah, we haven't killed each other yet. That's good. That's good. I, I must I, – I imagine that must be tough sometimes as brothers, as twins, working in business together. Do tensions sort of raise sometimes between you guys? Yeah, I mean we have the we have the the issues that brothers tend to have, but we've always been really really close. 
like Kenny said, we're twins. And by the way, this is now Danny speaking. You don't <laughs> don't try to keep us straight when you're listening. Just sort of go with it and assume that anything that's being said from either of us that we're both in agreement with. If it's interesting and it's funny, then it's probably Kenny. Probably. <laughs> perfect, probably. Perfect. Um, but yeah, when we started our business, we were pretty pretty explicit with each other about we're brothers first, we're business partners second, mm-hmm. and we have had to resolve issues that way where mm-hmm. we decide to put a pin in it, deal with it later, but remain brothers. I actually remember, I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember it was around Christmas time. This was years ago, but we had pulled in from a meeting to our uh both Bjorn and, and our grandparents' house for some sort of a Christmas gathering, and we had to put a pin in something we were we were very heated uh, <laughs> in our arguments with. We had to put a pin in it and remain, remain brothers, even though at the time uh, we were sort of at odds. So that that is sure. one of the one of the things that we have the um, luxury of being able to do. But that being said, there are really only so many siblings that I could really ever imagine are able to make, make it work together. Cause there is so much going on when you're running a business together. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's not just one thing that comes up every once in a while that you guys don't see eye to eye on. I'm sure it's, you know, there's quite a few things that can come up. So being from Minnesota and we're here located in Buffalo, New York, the big news of the off season for the Buffalo bills was our acquisition of Stefan Diggs from the Vikings in that big trade how did you guys feel? As I know, you guys are Vikings fans. How did you feel about that trade between the Vikings and the Bills? Okay, well, I, I have to point out, we can't be talking about Diggs uh, without recognizing that today's actually the three-year anniversary of our Minneapolis miracle. Oh, no way. Wow. Yes, on the dot. Yeah, so when wow, this was look recorded, at that. It, was, it was three years ago when from the time that this podcast was recorded. And today recorded. is January 14th for listeners, so they'll be listening later on. Yes. That's a historic day for you guys. Yeah, so it was a huge deal. We loved having him as a Viking. He obviously was very talented. The problem was that he was not the only talented one that we had. I th- I, I truly believe he deserves to be somewhere where he can be the star. Mm. And there's there's no hard feelings. We ended up in that in that trade, being able to pick up uh, through the draft uh, Justin Jefferson, who oh, yeah. essentially is a younger version of Stefan Diggs. And I know the, the collective two of them sort of led the league in different categories, whether that be, you know, yards, yards per play or, or yards in general. So we, I, I really do think it was a, it was a mutually beneficial situation, both for you and for us. We, we, we miss having digs, but I think we got something out of it that digs really gave to our team too. Absolutely. And I will say I had both digs and Allen, on my fantasy team this year. Okay. You crushed it. So we did very well. I mean, I only came in fourth, but I won 20 bucks. Hey, Hey, uh, (laughs) 20 bucks is 20 bucks. So I came in first. So, oh wow. Okay. (laughs) And that was Danny speaking. So Danny won and he got fourth. (laughs) Let it be known that Danny came in first in fantasy football this year. A follow-up question I have for you guys is, can you, can any of you hit the gritty like Justin Jefferson can? No, no, <laughs> Very adamant. All right, well, we won't we won't make you guys do yeah. that. But the next sort of question I have for you guys: working in the clothing industry, working in fashion, do you guys have a favorite article of clothing? Is there one thing that you're like, this is the piece of clothing that I like to wear, whether it's you know shoes, 
watch, hat, tie. Do you have a favorite article of clothing? Yeah, I mean, uh, my favorite article of clothing has changed over the years, um, and I wear I wear things seasonally. So each season, I have something else that I'm excited about. Sure. Um, I love my watch. It's I wear that year round, but um, I think right this moment. I have this really cool tweed blazer, which is super hot. So you can only really wear it this time of year, yeah. but I love it. It matches with, it's got, it's the multicolored. So the amazing Technicolor tweed coat. Um, and it's, uh, it's my favorite thing to wear right now. And I'm getting a lot of bang for my buck with it because I know it's not gonna be able to be worn in the springtime or the summer. Sure. Yeah. In addition to, in addition to my watch that I wear year round, uh, I think right now I have a really unique shade of gray that has a lot of blue overtones. So not necessarily undertones. It's very, the blue, it, it feels like it could be blue or it could be gray. Mm. I have that as a full suit that I love because it looks good with literally anything I decide to put on any color shoes, any shirt, whatever. And right now, that is my favorite article of clothing that I find myself reaching for. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, what about you, Noah? Do you have a favorite article of clothing? <laughs> I, I, I just love t-shirts. <laughs> That's a cool looking t-shirt you got. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I never never really thought about this in depth, but I love hearing <laughs> the, the details of this. I mean, this is what you guys do. So yeah. I want, I'd love to know about just the vision of how you guys got started. So why did you guys start King Brothers Clothiers? When we first started our business, we I think what it came down to was we really missed having something to collectively work on together because we, we went to college. We, we had some similar classes, some fun like project based classes that we had together. So we were sort of actively working on things through our entire time in college. We roomed together. Like I, like I said earlier, we've always gotten along really well. Mm-hmm. So I think deep down, we missed having something to actively be working on. Mm. So one of the things that we identified was we, we love to dress up for us being twins. Clothing has always been something that has meant a lot to us because we never shared clothes. And oftentimes what we were wearing is, was the only way that people could tell us apart. Mm. So our love for, for clothing has stemmed way back since when we were kids, we never wanted to share clothes because if we shared clothes, no one would know that I'm Danny and and he's Kenny. So separate sides of the closet. We've always been into clothes. So we started with a line of ties just because we, we really liked that idea. And there were some other reasons behind it as well. Um, But once we were doing the ties, we identified really early on through that, that custom clothing was even a thing that existed Mm. and we just fell in love with it. And, and we also realized that we were good at it too. So pretty early on in that tie project really is what it was. We identified what we're doing now as where we wanted to take, take the business. Very cool. Yeah. And you guys have some, amazing amazing things going on of just attire wise and just even what you're doing with your clients so i'd love just for some of our listeners just to hear what are some notable clients of yours we we work with um let's see here we work with a handful of people maybe seven or eight from the Vikings at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It fluctuates year to year. 
um, you know, we'll see, we'll see athletes very infrequently, like over and over the course of a, any given year, just because of their schedules. But over the years, we've worked with probably 15 Vikings players, probably five or six former pros. Uh, we, we've worked with Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. Uh, we've worked with nine of the players from the Minnesota wild. They're not all wild players anymore, but we worked with, um, them. We, Oh yeah. The mountain from game of Thrones, <laughs> half Thor Julius yeah. Bjornsson, the Icelandic giant. He's a, he's a client of ours. That what, I think would probably that like working with, with guys that are that big. Like, how do you, is the measurements, are they just insane for that? Like I can't. Imagine. Yeah. They're, they're obviously insane measurements, but we have to do things differently because I'm six foot. So typically I can measure pretty much anyone who we work with without having to compromise a whole lot. But with somebody like that, who's getting close to seven feet, I have to stand on a box, um, to even get some of the shoulder measurements. Actually, we also work with the tallest man in America. Oh yeah. Oh, no way. Who's seven foot nine. So for him, for him, I had to actually step up on like a, a stool that, you know, twists and gets higher. I had to like twist the stool, get it higher step up on my box, but then step up on the top of that stool to get his shoulder measurements. Who knows? That that was crazy. But yeah, we have to do things a little bit differently, but we've been able to make it work for the most part. Yeah. Who knew that being afraid of heights or not would be something that would come into play in your line of work. Who knew? I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. So can you, do, do you guys know off the top of your head, like how big around, the mountain's bicep was, is that something? Yeah, so we do everything unflexed. So okay. I can't speak to, to when he was flexing, but we actually, we started working with, with Thor two and a half coming up on three years ago, I think. And he was, now this is going to sound funny, but he was really lean and he was like just at right around 400 pounds. <laughs> so over the course of time that we worked with him, he, he got up into like the four sixties. So those measurements, the four sixties measurements were a lot different than the initial ones. His sure. four sixties measurement. I, I want to say it was 22 inches unflexed. Oh my God. So, and I think thighs, cause he obviously has big legs. He, he has a world record deadlift at, I don't even know how over many pounds, a thousand, over a thousand pounds. So he has big legs as well. Those were over over a yard um, around. I want to say 38, 39 inches at his biggest. Wow. So there's certain measurements where it's like most people have a 20-inch thigh. He had almost double that. That's and that, that tracks because he's about twice the size of any normal human being. And a big bicep for a client, any old client would be, you know, 14 is like, oh, wow, big muscles. But, you know, 22-inch on him is, yeah. That's and all your listeners are going to go and try to find a tape measure. To yeah, yeah, exactly. Their, what their biceps are. Think if they, think if they have big biceps. <laughs> I love it. So, and maybe before we get ahead of ourselves here, could you explain like what the process is that goes into the measurements you take and making the suits and what that is? Cause I know the process you guys do may be a little bit different from what maybe people are normally um, maybe aware of when it comes to custom clothing. Sure. So here's what custom clothing is. Custom really can mean anything. You know, you have those, those 
catalogs where you can put your initials on the back of a pair of sneakers and they call those custom kicks, right? So custom, custom can be something as small as, as choosing a thread color or getting your name on the inside of a jacket or taking something that already exists and having it tailored to fit you. Some people call that custom. Mm. Then there, what there is, is there's made to measure, which is there is a, a block pattern or a stock silhouette that exists and somebody takes measurements and then that pattern gets adjusted before it's ever put together or made to fit that, that client's body as best as it can. What we do is we're going to refer to it throughout the podcast as we do custom clothing, but what we do is actually bespoke bespoke means spoken for. So what we do is we take all of the measurements each client then has their own unique pattern. So we're not working off of anything that's, that's predetermined or, or pre pre put together and everything gets created for that specific client's measurement. So what the process on our end looks like is somebody comes in, we take all of these measurements, we take pictures of their body to make sure that that can get communicated to who needs to see different posture irregularities or things like that. And then we look through fabrics. Like if you go to a furniture store and there's a couch sitting there and then there's a a bunch of colors you can flip through of what else the color could, what else the couch could, could come in. Um, we, we do that with, with suits or, or shirts or overcoats or, or whatever. So it's just a whole bunch of fabric swatches that you can literally create something from scratch based on that little, little piece of fabric. And then you end up choosing all of the design elements of the suit, the interior lining, buttons, buttonholes, lapels, pockets, all of that. And most of the time, people have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And they're sure. surprised that they get a choice on what type of button that they have. But we do a pretty good job of getting them through the process and, and making them feel like they made a lot of decisions because they have to make a lot of, a lot of decisions. Yeah, sure. Wow. Oh, that's, that's fun. And so, you know, this is what you guys do now. I would love to hear and to share maybe with our listeners. We talked about your transition into doing this. You guys wanted to do something together to be collaborative. What, what did you guys do before this, you know, endeavor came about? I'll start. Kenny will start. Um, I was in TV news. I was a morning news anchor. Wow, And uh, I had a broadcasting degree from college. And then I was always in Minnesota. My first job was in uh, a really small kind of rural area. And we would do really short newscasts kind of covering our 30 counties. It was actually a huge uh, area that we covered, 30 counties. And then I moved to uh, a morning show in Rochester, Minnesota, which is um, for your listeners who are unfamiliar with that area, it's where Mayo Clinic is. Mm. So I was doing morning news there for a few years, waking up at 1.50 a.m. and getting to the station by 3 and then uh, on the air by 5. So it, I wasn't and sleeping much. What time much. did you go to sleep? If I wasn't in bed by 6.30, I was going to be tired the next day. Wow. And then... I, Danny, I was a youth pastor. So I worked at a, a church for, it was about five years after all was said and done as, as their youth pastor. So I did all the, all the programming for, for the uh, six through 12th graders. And that was what I did before all of this. Wow. That's awesome. And it, it's so interesting. Each of you kind of have your own different stories. We like to say here on just the podcast of, 
we have the three G's, get it, got it, give it. Um, we're always in every phase of that, always learning, always teaching. Uh, but what we also have loved about this podcast is getting to know people's stories. And I, I love hearing just even the details of that. Like details matter for you guys. And I love hearing details of people's stories. So one thing that really separates what this podcast is and with you guys is you, you guys are both believers. You guys are both Christians. So what impact does your Christian f- faith have in what you do? Well, I think it's kind of twofold. Um, I think for starters, as a business owner, um, doesn't matter what kind of a business you own, faith is crucial. I, for years, I've said this, and it's especially become evident in the last, you know, what's gone on in our world the last year. Um, but I don't know how anybody can run any kind of a business without having a faith to fall back on and knowing that there's something bigger than you that's controlling what goes on around you. And obviously you do what you have to do and you do what you can, and you're responsible for aspects of your life. But ultimately knowing that the Lord is in control and that it is not up to you, no matter what you try to do. Mm. I don't know how, how anybody can run their own thing without the knowledge of that in, in, in their minds. And then I think as far as our specific business is concerned, um, and what we do, we definitely operate from a place of integrity, um, as every, every single day. And that's not necessarily something that's super important to every business owner. I'm well aware. Um, and especially in times of conflict, it, you know, it oftentimes means kind of swallowing our pride and maybe, doing something that other business owners wouldn't necessarily want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, being able to know that I've done the right thing Mm. and sleep well at night and know that I haven't compromised my faith and my witness potentially to other people is the most important thing to me. And it's, it's twofold kind of as well, where operating that way allows us to to ensure that there's nobody out there who has legitimately negative things to say about us. Mm-hmm. So that manifests itself in, in, you know, we have positive reviews generally instead of negative reviews and certain things, you know, having a faith base and taking integrity seriously helps us in the short term. But like Kenny said, oftentimes we end up sort of using that mentality of it's important to do the right thing, even though it might not necessarily benefit you immediately. Mm. Um, there are some negative, negative things that, that have happened too, because we do take integrity seriously and, and want to make sure that we can sleep well and that there aren't people out there who have actually true negative things to say about us. Mm. So operating our business and being in business with a faith base is, is we see it as a real, a real positive one super quick fun story that oftentimes when we're, when we're doing other podcasts or speaking, we don't really get the opportunity to share, but I think this is the, this is the right type of a podcast for it is years ago. We, we really wanted to have, we had just started working with professional athletes and we didn't have any connections to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we were just sort of talking about that. And you know how it is where you, you try to go through everything and then you're like, Oh wait, I should stop and pray about it. Right. Like if you forget your keys or you lose your keys, like I always do, I like look everywhere and then I'll be like, Oh God, please help me to find my keys. And then it's, it's funny how oftentimes I will find them. Um, 
and it doesn't work like that all the time. But (laughs) we were like, we should, we should just pray about it. This was sort of at the end of the day. So we prayed about it and, you know, finished out our day. And the next morning we woke up to an email um, from Carl Towns's representation that was like, Hey, you want to work with Carl Towns and do some suits for him? So those, those types of stories, we have more than that too, but that's also a fun Mm -hmm. sort of confirmation that operating your business as a Christian, as a believer, it, it's it's worth it, and it's it's not always going to be the most beneficial thing to you, but sometimes sometimes it is too. So sure, sure, wow, that's awesome. Oh yeah, I, I love that, and I think thank you guys for sharing that. I, I think you know my next question is. I think what a lot of our listeners may be asking, and I feel like this might be sort of the, you know, maybe the million dollar question with you guys is, you know, working in industry where it's all about, you know, image, what you're wearing, clothing, attire, you know, does, does God care about what we look like? That's a interesting question. Um, that's, I don't know that anybody's ever asked us that before. I, I really do believe that he he doesn't care whether or not you're an attractive person or like the world's definition of attractive. I think God cares how you feel about yourself. Mm. And I, I think God cares about how you present yourself. And I think it's important to him that we are presenting ourselves in the best possible way mm. and that we like what we see when we look in the mirror. I mean, he created us and I think he wants us to like what he created. Mm. Um, so for that reason, I do think he cares about our overall image. Yeah, and for any for any parents listening, I mean, imagine giving your let's just say son, since since we're we're men, imagine giving your son, your six year old son, a new Vikings jersey or Bills jersey for Christmas, right? They open it up, they're all excited to get it. Put it on, put it on. You want to see how excited they they get? They put it on. They're doing football moves around the living room, and then they run to the mirror and they get all sad. And you're like, "What's going on? Don't you like the gift?" And they're like, "I love the gift. I just don't like the way that I look in it." Mm. I think that's that would be heartbreaking, right? And I think that's sort of the attitude that God has with us is is it's not it's not important whether you're attractive or whether whether, you know, you're a showstopper, it's, but he wants you to be satisfied with his creation and he wants you to love yourself and to not necessarily love every part of your body because who does, but to generally be, be satisfied with how God created you. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that's so good. And, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, in, in the Bible in Genesis, when it's talking about creation, it's God created us in his image and he said it was good. And, you know, that's, that's what I hear you guys saying is God cares about you. And if, you know, you should care, you know, you should, you should be able to look in the mirror and care for yourself and say, yeah, I love, I love, I love me for who I am, for what God has created me in his image, man, that, that is so good. And so taking this one step further, working in the industry that that you guys work in, how do you guys find a healthy balance and stay away from maybe vanity, stay away from maybe, you know, idolizing your image and what you look like and what people see. Well, I think it's, um, I, our industry is, is interesting because there are definitely elements of, for lack of a better word, glamor to it. Um, and you know, what you see on Instagram would be kind of the best of the best and, you know, carefully selected snippets. Um, 
And it's not always a, a great representation of what our day-to-day -day looks like. But I do think overall in an image-based industry, there, there could be a an ability to fall into the trappings that that has. Mm -hmm. That being said, I do think it's it's one of those things where it's ultimately kind of being vain and vanity is, is a form of pride. And, you know, personally, pride is not one of the things that I feel is uh, a huge problem for me. Mm -hmm. um, Probably because you don't have anything going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm what I'm saying is I'm the most humble person that I know, and it's not even close. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I do think some some people are hardwired toward different tendencies, and you know, pride is not mine, so it's it's not quite as difficult for me. But I do think it is, and it does require some intentionality of making sure that you are doing the right things for the right reasons, um, that you're continuing to check in with uh, your faith and keep those things front of mind instead of allowing them to slip back backwards. And I think there's a, there's a distinction that needs to be made between like confidence and, and cockiness. You want to be, you want to be confident in who you are and who God made you to be and what your skills are. And you want to be self-aware and, and know how good or how not good you are at certain things. So you want to be aware enough and, and have confidence. Otherwise you're not going to probably perform as, as best as you can in your job or in, in your church or, or whatever, whatever you may, may be doing, but then letting that slip to cockiness where, you know, no one can touch me and, and all of that, that's obviously not, not great either. So it's, it's actively sort of evaluating where do you, where do you fall in that, in that graph? Are you, are you confident yet not cocky or are you at the point where you're where you're cocky and confidence doesn't really matter anymore so I, i'd love to ask too and if this is too personal i can cut this out but have you guys had to hold each other accountable at all in those areas be, with each other i don't i don't think so i think both of us are are hardwired similarly where neither one of us struggles really with with pride or cockiness mm -hmm. yet at the same time we know that if you're looking for a, a really well-fitted suit, there's nobody better than us to do it. Right. Um, so it's, it is, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine line, but I think both of us are, are naturally pretty good at sort of being there. And quite frankly, I mean, there's certain people like Kenny mentioned who maybe have tendencies toward pride. I think there's elements of humility that are sort of ingrained in all of us mm -hmm. and neither one of us has a real hard time, um, staying humble and being down to earth. I think it's because a, a lot of it is because we're involved in the business every day. Like we don't necessarily see ourselves as interesting people, but I, I know a lot of people do. And, and, you know, cause we're twins and we, we run our own business and we know some famous people, I guess we're like cool by association, but neither one of us, neither one of us thinks of ourselves as particularly cool or anything like that. Well, and and I can confirm, that. like you guys aren't cool. So that's right to think that. <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> well, no, I love that. I love the, that humble approach. And, and I know, I know all jokes aside, I know Bjorn and the rest of his family think so highly of you guys and what you guys are doing. Like you guys are very intentional and real people, but at the same time, what you guys are doing is so different and that's, what's so cool. Mm -hmm. And so we're a sports and faith podcast. And so you guys work with quite literally with some of the world's best athletes and some of the 
world's tallest people, <laughs> which is really <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, I didn't know that. So why is image something that is so important to athletes and just people in general, but I'd love to hear even the imagery of, of with athletes. Well, I think these days, just with the prominence and the, the, the place that social media has in our culture, I think everybody's brand, right? Yeah. Or at least certain people think of themselves in that way. And certainly athletes are, and they have people that, that surround themselves daily who, you know, tell themselves to tell, tell them to put out, put out material for money. Right. So, you know, they, they really are a brand. They really do have a following what they, what they say matters. And, and a lot of, a lot of athletes just, you know, taking, taking different, um, cultural, social approaches and taking stands and, and sort of letting people know what they believe on certain things really does mean something. So I think with how athletes view their image, I think it's, it's through a, a brand perspective. They also take themselves seriously. I will say of, of all the athletes we've ever worked with, we've never dealt with somebody who's been like, whoa, I'd never want to see that person again, which I, is a question that we get asked often. Like, oh, who's the worst athlete to deal with? And mm. they've all been, they've all been down to earth. I think just you, you watch, you know, Friday night tykes or whatever on Netflix, you see kind of what kids go through to be the best. And, you know, I, I'm sure as a professional athlete, being in the top, top of your field, you've, you've experienced enough disappointment to know you're not um, the best at all times. But um, I think generally, generally athletes, they know that what they wear and what they say and how they carry themselves matters to other people. So they have a tendency to take that a little bit more seriously. And ultimately, too, um, kind of going back to the whole idea of image in general, whether it's an athlete or a business professional or a, a groom or what have you, image in general and, you know, the way that you put yourself together communicates a message to other people around you before you even have an opportunity to introduce yourself. So before mm -hmm. they even know your name, they, they see you. And they see the way that you're presenting yourself. And I think that does communicate a, a lot about who you see yourself as. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's just, you know, any old person or a professional athlete, they want to make sure that that is the best possible representation and the best possible uh, way to communicate what's going on. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, you know, I, what I hear being communicated is that, you know, what our, what our personal image is, how we present ourselves like you said, Kenny, like that, that can communicate a lot to the people around us. And as humans, we're hardwired to judge good or bad is when we see somebody, we have preconceived notions about who that person is and what they represent right off the bat. And if we can maybe control a little bit of what that is, you know, maybe that's, that's a good thing. And so I guess my, my last question for you, and maybe Kenny, this is just adding on a little bit, um, to what you just talked about is, What's the advantage of developing a personal image? The advantage would be to developing a, a personal image would be first and foremost, that it's a, a, an accurate representation of who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to make sure that it's you're communicating what you want it to communicate, but it can, it can work in your favor or it can work against you. And it's going to do either one of those things. Wow. When you meet someone, you either like them or you don't. Uh, with, 
And that's just the way humans are. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I shouldn't have to lock my door when I leave my house, but I do because if I don't, who knows what's going to happen? Is it right? No, but it's life. So people are either going to have this, this idea of you or that idea of you. And you want to make sure that their other people's idea of you is the idea that you want to be communicating. Mm. So for that reason, it's a way for you to control something in the communication and the interaction that you have with other people, your image communicates something before you have an opportunity to. So that's why I think it's important to be able to craft that image the way that you want to be communicating who you are. Yeah. And not, not setting yourself up for unnecessary speed bumps as you come into contact with people. I mean, if we dressed in sweats as much as, as comfortable as that would be for our meetings, I don't think people would have super confidence in the King brothers as we're measuring them for suits. Mm. And we all, we always say, you know, as far as creating your own image and letting it work in your favor, we always use the example of, let's say at your job, you and someone else are the exact same age. You went to the exact same school. You're at the same level, uh, in the company and the opportunity presents itself for your boss to send one of you into an important meeting with an important client mm-hmm. and you dress well and your, you know, your cohort does not, I would imagine for that very reason, the boss is going to want you to go into the meeting as opposed to the person you work with, because they know what they can expect with you. They know you're going to look the part. They know that the way that you're presenting yourself is going to be a good reflection of yourself, but also the company. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's, that, that's so good and so important. So as we kind of, as we kind of come to a close here and wrap up, how can people find you? How can people maybe see some of these suits you're talking about? Um, how can they, yeah, how can they find you? Well, we're most active on Instagram as far as social media is concerned. And if you just type in King bros and see a black crown pop up, that's going to be us. But King bros clothiers is our official handle. And our website is kingbrosclothiers.com. And those are probably the best ways uh, to, to find us and really get a, a good idea of who we are and what we're about, because we do a pretty good job of keeping both of those um, up to date with recent photos and, and fun, fun stuff that we have, have happening. So Instagram is probably number one. King Bros Clothiers is our handle. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. And as we as we close up, I, I love what even what you guys are doing with Bjorn right now. Like this man's getting married soon. And <laughs> you're making him you're gonna make him look good. So I'm I'm excited to see what he's gonna they're, look like. They're gonna have to try hard. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna be our toughest, our toughest situation we've ever been in. So I don't we'll know. I, I got pretty big biceps, so <laughs> it may be tough, but yeah. 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 We're pushing eight feet, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So just as we close out today though, do, do you guys have any final remarks and words of encouragement just for our listeners today? I think one thing that we, we find ourselves talking about a lot is starting a business and answering questions about how we started our business and why we started our business. And I think there are so many people out there who have an idea or a dream or a goal or whatever it may be, but they're telling themselves now's not the right time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what we hear most often. You know, I, I would do 
I, w- I would do that, but it's you know, not, here are all the reasons, here are the why, reasons why it's not a good time for me. And here are all the things standing in my way. And and for those of us with a faith base, I don't really see that as a, as a legitimate excuse for not stepping out literally in faith wow. and doing what you feel like you may be called to do. Hmm. And, and so for, for any of the listeners out there who are kicking around starting a business or leaving their current company or, or whatever it may be, any big life shift, any big life shift, it's never going to feel like the right time to make a big life shift. You know, it's, it's never going to feel like the right time, but those of us with a faith base don't have that excuse where we can say it's not the right time. You know, if we feel like we're called to do something, we're actually called to step out in faith and, and put, actually put your trust in the Lord. What we've experienced is that certain people know, know the Lord is something and as something Mm. we know the Lord as our provider. Yet. I don't really know many other people who have had to experience God providing for them in the same way that I have. Everyone knows he is the provider, but we know him as the provider. Just like I, we grew up in a great family. I, I know that God is my father, but somebody who didn't grow up with a dad like mine and, and has become a Christian, and they probably understand God as their fathers in so much of a deeper level than I ever, ever can imagine. Yeah. And so I, I think that would be sort of my final word as this is a faith-based based podcast is step out in faith, do what you're feeling the Lord is calling you to do, and get to know him as your provider as your, your strength, as these different things, because God will provide because he says he's going to. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. That, that's so good. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I know I learned a lot and I loved hearing some of your responses and I was talking to Noah before and I said, Noah, I don't know how they're going to respond to some of these questions. And I'm excited to hear. Cause if, you know, I, I have, you know, the utmost respect for you guys. And as your cousin, you know, I'm proud of who you guys are how you carry yourselves and what you're doing and can't wait for the next time we can get together in person. And, you know, we can venture our way out there to Minnesota and sit down around a table and eat some food, hopefully not Ludafisk, but something. (laughs) Hopefully not anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else. Um, (laughs) but yeah, thanks guys for joining us so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Our pleasure. Thanks guys. Thank you. Well, thank you, Kenny and Danny for joining us today. And before we dive in straight to the reflection, Bjorn, I got to ask you a question. What the heck is Ludafisk? Ludafisk. Well, Noah, for your sake, I'm glad you don't know what Ludafisk is. <laughs> I have no idea Ludafisk what is. is, well, okay. First of all, the word Ludafisk means the fish. The fish. The fish. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's nothing super special, but it's how they prepare it. And it's basically a fish that is prepared by you soak dried cod in lye what to tenderize it and then once it's tender you skin it bone it and then you boil the fish until it's like a jello gelatinous consistency (laughs) wow soak it in butter and then eat it and let me tell you it's disgusting. Why do you do you guys eat it every year? When you we together? Like, so it's our tradition with our my mom's side of the family, the Norwegian <laughs> side, to eat lutefisk at Christmas. Wow! And I almost all I think all of the adults. Well, I say adults like my parents' generation. Yeah, and older love it. 
but myself, my cousins, there's a couple cousins, Eli and Anders and Hans, the three brothers. I think they're the Wait, only cousins. So you're saying you're, you have Norwegian roots? I couldn't tell by those names. <laughs> Eli, Anders, Your Hans. Name's Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> my name's Bjorn. Yeah, so they, they like it, but it's, it's not good. It's basically, if you want, you can Google it, but just picture a clear <laughs> jello mm. soaked in butter. Huh, okay. You can taste that. it, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> so hungry right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, more importantly, what did you think of today's episode? Yeah, so today, today was super fun and special for me getting to talk to uh, some of my relatives, and they live in Minnesota. I live here in Buffalo, so we don't get to see each other and talk super often. But I think the thing that I loved the most, well, one of the things, there's a lot, was when they were talking about is versus as. So good. And they were talking about, you know, as, as Christians, as people of faith, we can know that God is our provider. Mm. We can know that God is our father, as they said. But there's something different once you experience it for yourself in a way that's different. And then you know God as your provider, God so as your father. Mm. And that just spoke volumes to me. And I love that comparison of is versus as, where is is sort of this heady knowledge, where as is, I have seen it in action. It's almost like God has put his money where his mouth is. He has told us that he will care for us. But sometimes we don't necessarily know that and believe it until we can step out in faith in our own lives and see that in action where, yeah, God really did take care of me in that stage of my life. Mm. So I love that comparison. I think it was really, really powerful. What about you? Yeah, and I loved how they finished that. You alluded to that as well, stepping out in faith, mm. as your cousin referred to as being business business owners, stepping out in faith. It takes a lot. And as followers of Christ, I love, I, I think it was Danny that said that, if I'm not mistaken, of just saying, you know, as as believers, you have no other excuse. Mm. If, if Christ is calling you to do something, I think Peter of when he's in the boat and Jesus says, come out and, and, you know, taking that leap of faith. I think so often we have this mindset of, Oh, like I should be so timid with some of the things, but if Christ calls us out, why should we be afraid? Yeah. I, I heard the sermon once that of how the, I, I'll never forget of, of when Peter's stepping out into the boat and he's walking towards Jesus. And I love what, what this, what this pastor said. He said that it's safer to be out of the boat versus in the boat. Mm, wow. And, and I thought that was so good. And I, I think oftentimes it's safer for us. To, once we realize that the, the the message and the point of life is to be about Jesus mm. and stepping out is, is so hard. So that's the long version. of Yeah, that. no, I, I love it. And it's so good and such an encouragement that God has gifted each and every one of you, each and every one of our listeners. Mm. Gift, Noah, God has gifted you in ways that he has not gifted me. He's gifted me in ways that he has not gifted you. Absolutely. And he calls us to you our gifts and abilities for his kingdom, for his purposes. I've said it before and I'll say it again that God is on a mission to our hurting world and he's invited you and me and all of our listeners to be a part of it. Mm. And I believe strongly that God has gifted my cousins, Kenny and Danny, with amazing gifts and abilities and put them at a specific time in history to do their work they're doing now, to start this business, to connect with these clients, to connect with families, to connect with grooms in ways that other people cannot. Mm. And 
the people they reach, I cannot reach. Right. The people they reach, you cannot reach. But together, as brothers in Christ, we can reach everyone. Absolutely. We can. Everyone has a platform. Everyone has a place where they are. That's so and, good. and we can, as a team, we can work and do that together. And I, I think what I have loved about them, too, and I mean, you've known them pretty much your whole life. I mean, mm-hmm. you have. Um, I love, I think of one word with them is integrity. Mm. And they, that's how they run their business. That's how they live their lives is integrity. Yeah. And they're sold out for Christ, but they want to do it the right way. They want to make sure that they're the same way behind the scenes as they are, you know, if, if they're in front of a camera. Mm. And I love that about yeah. them. I think that's so needed, especially working with athletes. You need that, have that integrity. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so true that anytime I've, anytime I've seen them in an interview, anytime I've talked with them in the living room of my grandparents' house, mm. talked to them on the phone, it's, they're the same guys. Yeah. And, you know, this, this sort of brings me to the next point, you know, when they're talking about, about vanity and how they stay away from that, they said, you know, pride isn't something that I necessarily struggle a lot with. Mm. And that's not them being boastful and saying, well, pride's not for me. Yeah. I think it's just reality of them being honest right. with me. And as I thought about that, as I think about who they are and who I know them to be, I reflected and say, yeah, they're right. Like, I don't, I don't see that in them right now. I see that in myself <laughs> and you know, that's probably part of why God hasn't wired me to be a custom clothier like them, mm. because that would probably be very difficult for me given who I know that I am and some of the struggles that I have. Um, But yeah, it was just really fascinating. And the last thing was when we asked them if God cared about what we look like. Hmm. And I love their response in saying that God wants you to love what you look like Hmm. because God has created us in his image and said it was good. And God knows that we we are all attractive in his eyes. Mm. Now, our world says what attractive is, and it may be defined differently as we see on TV, on social media, etc. Right. But what God wants is us to look ourselves in the mirror, to look us in the eyes, and to say, yeah, I, I love who I am. I love who I am in Christ because I am a child of God. And it goes to that. It goes to the thing of a human being versus doing. It's this is who I am. Right. It's not what I do. It's not what I look like. It's who I am, and who I am is a child of God. That's so good. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. And even even when they were talking throughout, it's God cares not necessarily the exterior, but the interior. Mm. God cares how you present yourself. And for them, it is the exterior. I mean, we that is the image. But yeah. like anything, if we worship our, what we look like. If we worship sports, if we worship the clothes that we wear, obviously that's a problem. Yeah. But God still cares about those things. But I mean, you look out through the, the Old Testament; God does not like idols. You, you see, like <laughs> that's an issue. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I, but God cares of what we care about, and uh, clothes is one of those. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've loved. This is a great way to start off this sports and clothing series that we got going on for the next month. And thank you, Danny and Kenny. You guys were great. And next week, everybody, you guys are in for a treat with a guy I used to go to college with, and he started his own clothing brand called One Word Brand, living one word at a time, choose it, rep it, live it, with Josh Lane. He's He's got a baseball background. He's an incredible guy. Here's an excerpt. Here's one of my things in life that I've kind of learned as I've grown is that you can't separate, like you can't compartmentalize your faith. 
right? You can't just say like, Hey, here's the spiritual part of my life and put it in a box. Like that's a part of everything we do. So when we're in the classroom, when we're on the field, wherever, I mean, we have the opportunity for God to stretch and mold us. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 